Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Christopher Lockhead. Well, one of the other reviews of your podcasts, which I highly recommend and had so much fun binging on getting ready for this interview today, Chris, notes that you use profanity needlessly. And I want to tell you, initially, I was thinking whoever wrote that, whoever wrote that review was a total wanker. But then I thought, you know what? It is true that profanity is needed. I mean, it is because there are just times when there is no other word that accurately describes someone or something than to say they are a fucker or when something really bad happens to say fuck rather than you (laughs) or fuck you or darn it or dang it you know it has to be fuck it kind of has to be fuck yeah there are some french canadian swear words i really like you know i when i escalate to as a guy who grew up in montreal canada when i start swearing in french canadian swear terms that's also very significant but there's no word like the word fuck it is it is the most versatile word it's the most satisfying word it's a word that can express virtually anything everybody understands it everybody understands the context you mean it in when you say it you don't have to explain to somebody if it's a fuck andrew you're awesome everybody understands that or if it's a fuck you like so yeah it's a magic word it is and you have like a visceral feeling it's it's both cathartic yes and Ah, it's like you're painting a rhetorical picture with it. And I get the sense, Chris, that profanity is really important to you. It's kind of like a verbal punctuation mark. Yeah, very much so. You know, it's not a choice I made. I didn't grow up. my, My parents aren't big swear people and neither were my grandparents or so that, you know, I'm an anomaly in my family in many ways. And I guess that's just another one. And Yeah. Ever since I was a little kid, I've sworn since I was, I don't know, five, probably. (laughs) I like it. It works for me. 
Well, I think what's even more impressive about you, Chris, than the fact that you have used profanity since you're five is the fact that you've been able to cultivate this I don't give a fuck mindset. Yes. And truly, I aspire to that. I really do. I want to not give a fuck about what other people think. And sometimes I succeed and sometimes I don't. But I'm curious if we were to rewind the clock back to when you were 18, what year would that have been? Some quick math. Sorry. Uh, I'm just, I have dyscalculia and dyslexia. So math is going to be a challenge. So I was born in born? 1968. Okay. I, I'm just going to have to do it here on my. So in 88, pad. I'm 20. So in 87, it was I'm 18. 86, I think. 87, I think. It, 87. It, okay. Yeah. Okay. So 1987, did you give a fuck about the fact that you were you kicked out of high school? Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was in, in it, it's a little confusing, but the net of it is because because of the way the education system works in, in Quebec, Canada. But the net of it is I was in the equivalent of what in the United States would have been grade 12. And I got thrown out of grade 12 and they suggested that maybe I shouldn't come back. <laughs> what happened? I mean, I know your LinkedIn profile highlights your education period and you call it your higher ed time having been the school of hard knocks. So maybe it was prior to that. Or you could say you majored in rock and roll, whiskey, girl chasing, and then you got a PhD in strategery. So is <laughs> <laughs> that really what my LinkedIn profile It does. Did you not oh, write that? Yeah, of course. But I wrote it a thousand years ago. I don't read my own LinkedIn profile. That's pretty good shit right there. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So what was it? You were clearly incredible in those categories. Was it the actual school work that you kind of fell down on the job? Yeah. So I, I think this is might be illustrative for some folks. So I have four or five different, what today we call learning differences, which I appreciate. Because if you tell me I have a learning disability, first, I'll tell you to go fuck yourself. And second of all, you might have to go see a doctor because you have a broken jaw. And actually what I would say, and this is, I speak to a lot of younger folks today who have learning differences, dyslexia, dyscalculia, ADHD, executive function disorder, all of which I have. And one of the things I, that is normally how I start, Andrea, is by saying, now look, it's not fair to be mean to the normal brain kids. It's not their fault. They don't have the gifts that you have and you have to be kind to them. And so uh, the first thing is, you know, I have all these things and their differences, not disabilities. And as Pink Floyd told us so many years ago, the education system, and I don't think much has changed. Maybe you'll tell me we've had some leading education experts on my podcast. So it doesn't sound like a lot has changed, but my life as a student, it was never caught. And so I get thrown out of school at 18 and all kidding aside, Andrea, what was going on was how can I be so fucking smart? I knew I was smarter than like most people. I mean, to be radically immodest and at the same time, so fucking stupid. And so if you take a kid who has those, those differences and you say, you sit here and you read or you do math problems or you do whatever the fuck, you, you're not going to get me to sit down for six or eight hours and go Anyway, in grade three, I won an award for being the most mature kid in the class. And in grade four, I spent the entire year in the principal's office for bad behavior. And so the reality is math was over for me in grade three. 
And reading is an extraordinarily hard thing. Writing is an extraordinarily hard thing. It's taken decades of work to be able to write the way I'm able to today. And I continuously work on it. One of the fun things about having a newsletter is you're writing every week. Now, I have two partners. That helps a lot. And with all my books, I've had partners. So as a dyslexic, it would be very challenging for me to write all by myself. So I guess my point is the following. The education system is designed to produce hamburgers in the way that McDonald's produces hamburgers. Amen. You show up, then you say, hey, man, I'd like a pizza. And they're like, well, we don't do pizza. Was that your experience, Andrea? It wasn't my experience when I was your age, Chris. But I will tell you, I'm the mother of a 17-year-old who at age five was diagnosed with ADHD, executive functioning, apraxia. And when we were in the developmental psychologist's office who had done the testing, and she started to describe our son to us using these terms, I thought, wow, that sounds an awful lot like me. And although I did well in school, I remember, Chris, when I was brought back from Asia to be CNN's State Department correspondent, and suddenly I had to do something I had never had to do on a daily basis, which was to come out of the State Department briefing every day and distill what the top three things were that came out of that, and then play it back live in 45 seconds or a minute, I struggled immensely. And I also had to produce my script super fast. And I found my brain was jumbled. So I had to figure out a system on my own. And I totally relate to you. I totally relate to you. And I agree with you that our education system is fucked up because we celebrate those who fit into a box and we ostracize or other those whose brains work differently. Amen. Hallelujah, sister. And to put a fine point on it, I've gotten to know in the last couple of years, uh, an extraordinary man named Ted Dintersmith. And Ted was one of the leaders of venture capital on the East Coast in Boston. He was a senior partner at a very well-respected venture fund called Charles River Ventures. Anyway, he got to a point in his life where he wanted to do something different. And he had passion around education. And he's the author of a legendary book. Anybody that cares about education, I highly recommend this book. I enjoyed it very much. It's called What School Could Be. What Ted did, Andrea, was he went to schools in every state in our nation and he studied the good ones and the bad ones and the ones in between. And he tried to get a picture of the, quote, average American school and synthesize all of it from a fresh perspective, not as, as an educator or as an administrator, but as an entrepreneur, as somebody who creates new value. And he teaches us a lot. But the big thing that I take out of Ted's learnings and teachings are the children that do well are the ones with the most agency. And it turns out that's true for adults too. And so, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think what my interpretation of what Ted is saying is, is the following. Yes, of course, there's a baseline set of things we want all people to learn, some basic math, some history, although history's in debate right now, why I don't know, but we can talk about that if you care. But you know, there's some basic things we want people to learn. Geography, where, where is the Sudan? That's nice to know. And so, so yes, there's a base set of sort of functional 
skills and learnings that we, I think, all agree generally are good things to learn. And beyond that, what Ted's saying is give people agency. So a child who has a strong desire around math and science, don't give them an hour every other day in that. That's ridiculous. If a, if a child in grade three is, is showing, showing tremendous interest, let them triple down on math. Maybe they don't need to go to the next geography class or whatever it is. And so the lack of agency and the sort of stamping of we put the same thing on every burger, you and I are different people. Every human being is different, right? And so to think that we could mass produce human beings with an assembly line model is asinine. And in some cases, it does tremendous damage. And we need to change that. Here in California, you may be aware, in order for a child with learning differences to get things like extra time, to get coaching and support and things along those lines, they have to be classified as fucking disabled. Exactly. Some kind of a, a disease or some kind of a disability. And to that, I say, fuck you. I do not have a disability and neither does anyone else was like me and neither does your son. What's, what's his name, Andrea? Aiden. Aiden. We have different brains, just like people have different bodies, just like people have different skin types, just like people have different fill in the blanks. We have different brains and there's some consistency amongst the kinds of differences that we have and some of the strengths that we tend to have and some of the weaknesses that we tend to have, depending on which type of different brain we have. That might be why you sort of had that experience you had when the psychologist was walking you through stuff and all of a sudden you began to see yourself differently. And so, and certainly your son. And so the problem is this, we've created a one size fits all for education. And as it relates to career, we've created a one size fits all. That's bullshit. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Oh,